Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. A couple of weeks ago, I reported on how one of the eminent theologians of our time, Dom Alcuin Reed, had received ordination to the priesthood secretly by an unnamed cardinal who was reportedly in good standing with the Holy See after his own bishop in France refused to ordain him or anyone from his monastic community to the sacred priesthood, despite his religious community desperately needing a priest. Father Alcuin Reed was suspended for illicitly receiving holy orders. And then the news broke that all ordinations to the priesthood in Bishop Ray's diocese had been halted by Rome. Now we have news that literally no one in the English-speaking Catholic world is reporting, at least at the time of this recording, and it's huge. Bishop Ray has suppressed Father Dom Alcuin Reed's religious order entirely. Today I have that story for you, so let's dive into it. And I want to thank the channel patrons for making it possible for me to drop everything I'm doing at almost any moment to bring you stories like this when they happen. Your support is truly appreciated. If you want to join them in helping make, you know, keeping these messages coming and being able to do this, Options for that are in the description box of this video or podcast, depending where you're watching or listening to this from. Anyway, let's get into the story. Let's start with the diocese. who put this notice up more than two weeks ago that received no notice at all from the diocesan website. Quote, suppression of the public association of the faithful, St. Benedict Monastery. Because of the spontaneous revelation by Alcuin Reed and Ildefonse Swithenbank of their ordinations received in an illicit manner, since without dismissorial letters from their ordinary, of the declaration of suspense which followed, and because of their obstinacy and disobedience, refusal to meet with Monsignor Ray or to reveal the name of the bishop who ordained them in spite of several injunctions, considering that the penalty of suspense now affects all the members definitively incorporated in the public association of the faithful Monastery of St. Benoit, whose seat is located under the jurisdiction of the Diocese of Frejus Toulon, Monsignor Ray decided to suppress this public association by decree of June 10th, 2022, and to withdraw the permission to establish an oratory that had been granted to it. This is not the decree of suspension, but information from the decree, end quote. This is a summary of the decree, which I've had trouble finding on their website, of course, because diocesan websites leave something to be desired when it comes to finding information on them. The earliest indication we had of this was the Pentecost homily given for that glorious feast day just over two weeks ago. I'll have that text of that here for you in a moment, which the priests of the St. Benedict Monastery put on their website for the world to see, but without fanfare and without a media announcement. Why? Because while they clearly want the world to know what they're going through, they're not that interested in bringing a lot of attention to their plight. They're walking a sort of tightrope between being ignored and needing attention. In fact, the decree that I read to you a moment ago without, went without fanfare at all, to the point that despite this being issued two weeks ago, no American outlet or international Catholic outlet has reported on it, which is astonishing by itself. The story of Father Alcuin Reed receiving ordination to the holy priesthood of our blessed Lord in a quote-unquote illicit manner is huge news that should be dominating the headlines, both because now Father Alcuin Reed is an eminent theologian who does not push modernism, and because it was done by a mysterious anonymous cardinal in good standing with Rome that Father Alcuin Reed will not identify. My suspicion is if he did identify that, that bishop, that cardinal would not be in good standing with Rome anymore. Father 
Elkwin reads censure, suspension, and now this suppression of his religious order should be huge news, but it's not. And I have to ask why that is. But the monastery tried to warn the faithful that this was coming, and they did it in the form of a homily given on Pentecost Sunday. I have the text of that for you here, and it's pretty stark. We are warned that a winter is coming. That may have been framed in the context of the religious community here, but I think it applies to the whole of the church. Here's that homily. It's not terribly long. In recent days, it has been made public that our diocese has for some time been the subject of a quote-unquote fraternal visit by its Metropolitan Archbishop, and that following this visit, restrictions have been imposed on our bishop by the Holy See. It is quite possible, and even likely, that further restrictions are to come. Bishop Ray has published a statement on this subject, which I invite you to read. Good initiatives launched by our truly Catholic bishop for more than two decades seem to be in danger. Many vocations he raised and encouraged could be damaged or lost. In recent weeks, contrary to our wishes, our diocese recklessly let it be known that in April our monastic community accepted long-needed ordinations from the hands of a senior prelate who clearly saw that without them, we were running ourselves a grave danger. This publicity generated by our diocese's indiscretion has titillated the trolls. Every malfeasance and dastardly motive possible is ours, it seems. For those who care to study the matter, it should now be clear that our conscientious decision, our considered judgment of practical reason in the circumstances in which we find ourselves, underscored by our May 13th statement, was based on a caution that was and is real. The Holy See had been acting against our bishop for more than two years now, and it was indeed highly probable that without the ordinations which we repeatedly requested and which were repeatedly recommended to the bishop by visitors invited by him, we would soon find ourselves here in a beautiful medieval cathedral without the holy sacrifice of the mass or other access to the sacraments, despite his goodwill and encouragement for over 10 years. For some, especially in our diocese, our actions seem like a betrayal. How could one behave like this towards Bishop Ray, towards all the bishops? Now, sadly, it is clear that in our time, even the best bishop can be, and in this case has been, paralyzed by fear. For others, our actions have been decried as those of unsuitable candidates who take shortcuts or avoid scrutiny. Various ad hominem attacks have followed. The repeated words of our bishop, and even those of the spokesperson for the diocese, attesting to our good character, have more than refuted these two predictable narcissistic incursions. Worse still others, it is believed that our actions provoked the intervention of the Holy See in the diocese. If this is flattering in a way, it is obviously false. Continuation of the, quote, fraternal visit has been envisaged for a long time. Let's be clear. A father has a duty to provide what is necessary for his family's survival, especially when it becomes apparent that a harsh winter is approaching. And when what is truly necessary for the survival of one's family is repeatedly denied to him by those whose responsibility it is to provide it, it is not wrong to accept the gift of what is needed from another, even if it brings reproach. We are deeply grateful to the hundreds of people around the world who have reached out to us with kind messages and very generously sent in ways of support. We are also grateful to our friends who are troubled by all of this, but who have maintained a respectful silence, knowing that we would not do so without very good and serious reasons. Now that these reasons are clear to all, we pray that they will be understood. We therefore celebrate this Feast of Pentecost with great peace, this peace that the world cannot give. But we do it without pride or without a sense of complacency. 
On the contrary, in these circumstances, we do so with deep humility for the gifts bestowed on us and with a renewed resolve to use them for the good of the church and the salvation of souls. If our little monastery is to become an oasis in a desert, we renew our commitment to all we can, with God's help, to welcome and serve those who seek refuge and refresh refreshment here. But we also celebrate this holiday with a heavy heart. Our bishop has been attacked and our diocese is shaken. Our first response must be prayer imploring the gifts of God, the Holy Spirit in abundance, especially the gifts of wisdom and courage in these times, pleading with Almighty God with the collection of this Mass for the gift of fair judgment. On Thursday, I assured the Bishop of our prayers and received a great full response in return. Please pray for him in particular. Please pray for the seminarians and the communities of the diocese whose future is now uncertain. Please pray the beautiful sequence of this Mass, as the Holy Liturgy does repeatedly this week, imploring the outpouring of the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit into the hearts, minds, and souls of all people. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. The homilist, which was probably Father Alcuin Reed, made reference to a statement given by Bishop Ray about coming restrictions in his diocese. That was certainly a reference to the Vatican's draconian and wicked halting of ordinations to the priesthood that I reported on in the past few weeks. If you didn't catch that story, here's a quick summary from LifeSite's reporting on this from their article, quote, Regarding Bishop Dominique Ray, who has headed his diocese for 22 years and boasts one of the most flourishing seminaries in France, where most diocesan seminaries have been shut down, leaving only about a dozen interdiocesan centers for priestly formation, the reason for the sudden, brutal, and indefinite suspension of the ordination of four priests and six deacons destined to the priesthood has not been given by Rome. For the men involved, the news came as a shock. They have been living towards the days of their ordination, and now they do not know whether they will receive holy orders in the coming months or year, or even ever. They are experiencing this painfully and are in a position of waiting. One of Bishop Ray's vicars general told the unofficial newspaper of the French Episcopate, LaCroix, it is clear to all that it is less the seminarians themselves whose aptness for the priesthood is being questioned than the bishop who is being personally targeted at their expense. The newspaper, adding weight to what many traditional-minded observers have already identified as the true cause of the cruel suspension, quoted an quote-unquote inside source, saying that the fact that Bishop Ray welcomed some future priest with traditionalist leanings, whose ordinations had in some cases aroused quote-unquote reservations even within the diocese. Ray is being accused of having displaced a lack of discernment, according to LaCroix. He has welcomed both the charismatic, quote, new communities and priests attached to the traditional Latin mass, earning him the epithet tradismatic. The bishop himself hails from the conservative charismatic community of the Emmanuel, end quote. Look, Bishop Ray is not a traditionalist. We've seen his kind of bishop all over the church, and his kind is actually a bigger threat to the modernists in Rome than he or any of us really understand. He's a bishop who appears to embrace a whatever-works strategy of doing his job, bringing the gospel message of our blessed Lord Jesus Christ to the masses and making sure the sacraments are available. Hence why he embraces traditional priestly fraternities and men with traditionalist leanings, and why he also embraces charismatic Catholic groups. Whatever works appears to be his modus operandi. And that's a huge threat to the modernists simply because when enough bishops with that attitude start permitting traditional priests to offer the traditional faith, it will bear fruit. And a bishop who takes the whatever works approach will see that and do more of that. And Rome can't have that. And so he was suppressed. That's my hypothesis at any rate. 
I sincerely doubt that the suppression of Father Alcuin Reed's monastery was the doing of Bishop Ray, at least not overtly. I expect phone calls and emails were sent by Rome telling him that he had to do this. That's my theory. Given that Archbishop Roach and a few other modernists were all given key promotions to the Congregation of Divine Worship and other relevant dicasteries in Rome. That's my suspicion at any rate. But so little is being said about this publicly that I'm in the weird position of being the first to tell you about it in the English-speaking world. So if you're someone from one of the major traditional-leaning Catholic outlets, please do some digging into the story. Everyone needs more information. I don't mean everyone meaning people who talk about these things. I mean everyone who is observing this. We need more information. For the rest of us, please keep Father Alcuin Reed and the men of his community in your prayers, Bishop Ray as well. They all need your support. So what did you think of this story? Is this as big of a story as I made it out to be? Is the suspension of a traditional religious community something we'll see more of in the church that Francis is building? Or is this just a passing phase in the battle for the heart and soul of the Catholic Church? Let me know what you think in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And share these messages on social media. That really does help as well. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.